super excited about this series that we started last week called Rich. Everybody say Rich. Come on, look at your neighbor and say Rich. I want to start out by asking a couple of questions here this morning. I need some good audience participation today. How many of you, when you were a kid, dreamed of one day being rich? Come on, just raise your hand. Yeah, man, you probably, as you were a kid, man, I know what it was like when I was a kid. Man, I can't wait till I grow up because I'm going to drive this kind of car and I'm going to live in this kind of house and I'm going to wear these kind of clothes and, man, I'm going to go on these kind of vacations and I'm going to be rich, right? Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you, raise your hand today, how many of you know somebody who is rich? Come on, raise your hand. Don't don't point at anybody if they're in the room here today, but you know somebody who is rich. Now, just think about this for a minute. We all do, don't we? I mean, probably you're thinking of somebody in your mind today that, man, you're thinking, if I could be as rich as them, man, I would be rolling in it. I'd be making it rain. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if I could just have what they have. Man, I'd be happy. Life would be good. Maybe you've even thought this. I know I've thought this before. Man, I could do a whole lot better job being rich than they are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're thinking of somebody right now, right? Let me ask you another question. How many of you in this room today, you are mega rich? Come on, if you're mega rich, just raise your hand here today. All right, we got one over here, mega rich person. I mean, just rolling in it today, right? Right? And here's here's what's interesting about all this, all right? When I said, how many of you want to be rich or grew up thinking I want to be rich, almost every person in the place raised their hand really high. When I said, how many of you know somebody who is rich, almost everybody raised their hand. But then when I said, how many of you, you are rich, only one person raised their hand. I mean, it's amazing. Nobody's rich, but everybody knows someone who is, right? And it's the truth. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you were to ask somebody, think of that person that you were thinking of when I said, do you know someone who is rich? If you were to go up to them and ask them, are you rich? They'd probably say, no, I'm not really rich. I mean, there are other people who have more than me. There there are other people who are richer than me, and I don't really feel rich. And yet we think they're rich, but they don't think they're rich, right? I mean, I'll be honest today. I mean, before we started studying on all of this rich stuff or whatever, if you were to ask me, you know, are you rich, Pastor Chad? I would probably have said, no, I'm not rich. I mean, there are people on my street that make more money than me. I mean, there are people in my church that live in a nicer house than me. There are people that drive better cars than me. I'm not rich. And the thing is, is that we know some people who are definitely not rich, right? I mean, we've all seen that before. We've seen the pictures of that. We've been there. We also know that there are people who are definitely rich. We've seen lifestyles of the rich and famous. We know people even in our lives who are rich. The problem is this. We don't know where the rich line is. How do you know when you cross over from being not rich to now being rich? I mean, it's not like you just wake up one day and then all of a sudden you're like, woo, I'm rich. Like yesterday I wasn't rich, but today I'm rich. Like the 14th was here and I wasn't rich, but on the 15th I deposited my paycheck and now all of a sudden I have enough that I have crossed the line and suddenly I am rich. 
I mean, unless you had like a rich old uncle who died and give you, you know, an inheritance or something like that. It's like, it's like we never know quite when we cross over the line. And here's the thing is that many of us have crossed the line from being not rich to being rich, but we just don't realize that we have crossed it. And in this series, we're going to be talking about how to be rich. Everybody say, be rich. I want you to notice I didn't say how to get rich. There's a lot of people out there that will tell you how to get rich. You can just sign up for their seminar and pay $49.99 and you can get rich too. But we're not going to talk about how to get rich. Instead, we're going to talk about how to be rich. And we're going to learn what it means to be rich and who is rich. And that if we are rich, how should we act as rich people? And we're going to learn how to be rich in the things that really matter the most. We're going to start this morning by looking at this passage of scripture in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there with me today. And Paul is talking to to Timothy. He's a mentor to Timothy who is a young pastor and Timothy is dealing with things that pastors deal with. And so Paul says, I want you to teach some people in your church. There's going to be some people in your church that are going to be rich. And this is what I want you to teach them about being rich and about how to be rich. And this is what he says in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 17 through 19. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God. Everybody say hope in God. Put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good and to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may be able to take hold of the life that is truly life. Paul says, I want you to talk to rich people in your church and I want you to command them. I want you to tell them, don't put your hope in this world. Don't put your hope in riches. Don't put your hope in wealth. Don't put your hope in what you have. But instead, I want you to tell them to put their hope in God who richly provides for your needs. I want you to teach them to do good. I want you to teach them to be rich in good deeds and in good things and rich in the things of God so that they can take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, how many of you here this morning would like to have that kind of life, life that is truly life? Paul says, hey, here's how you get the life that is truly life. Here's what I want you to say to those who are rich. So that begs the question today. If Paul was talking to people who are rich, who's he talking to? I got a little secret here today. How many of you like secrets? You like secrets? I got a little secret here for you. Are you ready? I'm going to whisper it to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. When he's talking to rich people, guess what? He's talking to you. He's talking to me. You are rich. So everybody say, I'm rich. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm rich. 
Now, I, I know what you're thinking here this morning. You're thinking, but yeah, all right, Pastor, you tell me I'm rich. But just because you told me that I'm rich, that doesn't necessarily pay all my bills, right? All right, Pastor, you said that I'm rich. That's good. He's talking to me. But that doesn't pay my hospital bill. That doesn't pay my, you know, my car payment. That doesn't tear, take care of all the needs. And I will acknowledge here this morning that many of us, even, even though God has blessed us in big ways and in great ways, we still have struggles. And maybe some of you are here today, maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you found yourself where, you know, maybe you've gone through a painful divorce and it's really put, a, put you in a, a strap for cash. Or maybe, maybe you find yourself that, you, you know, you've had some hospital visits and, man, you've got these bills that are, that are mounting up. Or maybe it's the economy that has caused your business to struggle or you lost your job or for whatever reason. But here's what I want us to see is that even though we struggle many times financially, that all of us, every one of us, have been incredibly blessed by God. And no matter what your problems here today, if you live in America, almost every problem that you have is what I would call a rich problem. It's a rich problem. Like, you know, hey, the line's too long at Starbucks. Guess what? Rich problem, right? I mean, I got bad cell phone coverage or the internet's slow or so many of the things that we complain about. Guess what? Those are rich problems. And many times, man, we look at our life and we see it with the wrong perspective. And we see our life and compare ourselves to someone else who lives down the street or someone else that we work with or someone else that we go to church with. And we look at them and we think, they've got more than me. They're rich. I'm not rich. But when Paul was talking here, when God was talking through the Apostle Paul, he was speaking not just to us here in America, he was speaking to all of us around the world. And here's the truth here today, is that in America today, if we compare ourselves to those in the rest of the world, we are incredibly rich. In fact, I told you this last week. If you make $34,000 a year, you are in the top 4% of all of the richest people in the world. You know, I looked it up. You know what the, you know what the average income in Burleson is? $34,000 a year. If you live in Burleson today, you are perhaps in the top 4% of all the wealthiest people in the world. Now, some of you say, well, $34,000, I couldn't make it even barely on $34,000 a year. And many of you do so much better than that. And if you make... $35,000 or more a year, you are actually in the top 1% of all of the wealthiest people in the world. You are rich. So everybody celebrate. Congratulations here today. You are rich. Doesn't that make you feel good? Yeah, it makes you feel awesome. God has blessed us in awesome ways. And that is, that is a huge blessing. That is good news, but it also comes along with some really bad news because the thing is, because we are rich, we will be held to a higher standard than anybody else. In fact, the scripture says it like this. Jesus said in Luke 12 and verse 48, when someone has been given money, much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Because we are rich, yes, that's a blessing. But at the same time, there are requirements that come along with that. 
And in this series, what I want to talk about is I, I want to just talk about, hey, we are rich. And I'm, gonna, I'm doing my best to, con, to, to convince you of that fact. But if we are rich, then how should we act? And what should our lives look like? And, and how can we not just be rich, but how can we actually be good at being rich? Rich, And so today I just want to just build a foundation for where we're going to go in this series. And I just want to talk about three things here today for all of us who are rich. How are we going to be good at being rich? The first thing we got to do is we got to start out by admitting that we are rich. So everybody say, admit you're rich. Admit it. Hey, I am rich. Rich. Now, I know most of you are going, okay, you're convincing me, and that's good, but Pastor, I'm not really quite there yet. Like, I know I have a lot, and I know that I'm blessed, but Pastor, if I could, like, if I could just get a little bit more, then I would be confident to say, yeah, I'm rich. God has blessed me. If I could just maybe just get a little bit more. And that's really centrally the problem there, right? Is that rich is a moving target. It's like, hey, if I could get to this place, some of you some of you thought this in your life when you first got married. You thought, okay, if I could get from here to here, then I would be rich and then we would be happy. And so you work and you work and you work to try to get from here to here. And then you get to that place and you're happy for a little while, but then you think, but if I could just make this much, then I would be rich. So I got to work really, really hard to make that much. And the more we have, the more we want. I mean, Gallup did a survey, and they surveyed several different, uh, several different groups of people who earned different wages, and they asked them, how much would you need in order to classify yourself as rich? They started by asking people who made $30,000 a year, and they said, how much would you have to make in order to classify yourself as rich? And they said, we would have to make $75,000 a year in order to classify ourselves as rich. So then they moved to the next group of people who made $50,000 a year, and they asked them, how much would you have to make in order to classify yourself as rich? And they said, we would have to make $100,000 a year in order to say that we are rich. So then they went to the group of the wealthiest people in America, those who make $200,000 or more a year, and they said, how much would you have to have in order to classify yourself as rich? And they said, we'd have to have $5 million. Yeah, well, duh, you know what I'm saying? And here's, here lies the problem, is that wherever we're at, it, we think that if I could just get a little bit more, then that would make me rich. Then I would be blessed. Then I would be happy. Then I would have enough. And the line just keeps on moving. And we're aiming at a moving target. We have this appetite for more. But here's the thing about appetites. In fact, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. Have you noticed that to be true? 
I mean, just think about this for a second, all right? Think about the best meal that you've ever had, all right? I know it's about time for lunch, so I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but think about it. I mean, maybe it was mom's home cooking. Maybe it was a fancy gourmet restaurant. Maybe it's your favorite restaurant. I mean, think about the best meal that you ever had. I was thinking about this just a few weeks ago. My wife and I, we went on Valentine's date, and we went to this place that it was, I mean, this place is made in heaven, a place called Texas Day Brazil. Come on, anybody ever been to Texas Day Brazil? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you go in there. If you haven't been there, I'm telling you, you are missing out. You go in there, and I'm a, I'm a carnivore, man. I like meat. You know what I'm saying? And you go in there, and they just keep bringing out this different kinds of meat, just like over and over, every kind of steak you can think of. And they give you this little they give you this little card, and on one side it's red, and on the other side it's green. And when you turn it on green, they just keep coming to you. And when you turn it on red, you're like, I've had enough. And I'm telling you what, man, I just kept that thing on green all the time. You know what I'm saying? And they just cu- keep on coming in. And, man, we're there. And what's so awesome is we're there on a gift card. Somebody gave us a gift card. You know what I'm talking about? Because I'm too cheap to go to a place like that on my own and pay for it. You know what I'm saying? And they just keep bringing it out. And, man, I'm eating. And I'm just, man, I'm just getting full on this stuff. But I'm just staying on green. It's just like keep it coming, keep it coming, keep it coming. Until, like, when I leave that place, I'm in a meat coma. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, whoa, what's going on? And I'm so full. We go, back to the, we go back to the room, and the next morning, I woke up, and there was this strange sensation. I woke up the next morning, even after eating all of that meat, and I was hungry again. It's like, I got to go get one of my cinnamon brown sugar Pop-Tarts, you know what I'm talking about. And here's the thing, is that no matter how much you have, Whatever your appetite is, whether it's for money or, or food or whatever it is, it's never fully and finally satisfied. And we just keep thinking, if I could get more, then that would, would be what would make me happy. And so we spend our lives focusing on what we don't have, which keeps us from really realizing what we really do have. And we spend our entire lives trying to get rich, never realizing that we really already are rich so we can never learn how to truly be rich and if you want to know how to be rich here's where it starts it starts by just admitting I'm already there God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. And it's amazing the perspective that begins to come in your life. It's amazing how suddenly when before you were running around trying to get more so that you would be satisfied, now suddenly there is this perspective. Suddenly suddenly there is this contentment that begins to come into our life. And that's what Paul was talking about in our text in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 18 he says in this way we will lay up treasure for ourselves as the firm foundation for the coming age so that we may take hold of the life that is truly life life is not about stuff true life is not about what you have or what you can get Jesus said it like this watch out Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. When we begin to just just realize, hey, God has blessed me with more than I need. I am rich. It's amazing how it changes our perspective. 
uh, changes our attitude. It's amazing how suddenly there's a contentment. Number two, you got to acknowledge who made you rich. So if we're rich, I believe that we've established the fact that every single one of us sitting in this room today, we are. If we are rich, then we've got to wonder, who made us that way? Where did it come from? How did we, how did we get so rich? And I want you to see what the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 19. Look what it says. When God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his law and be happy. Look what it says. It is a what? Say it aloud with me. It is a gift from God. If you have wealth, if you have possessions, if you have a job, if you live in a, in a nice house, if you drive a car that runs, everything that you have is because of God. It all came from Him. But pastor, you know, I worked hard to get the stuff that I have. I worked hard to pay that house payment or that car payment. I, I, I work hard. And yes, you do work hard. And you should work hard. In fact, the scripture teaches us that we are blessed when we are diligent. But the truth is it all came from God. Who gives you what you have? Who gave you the ability to get that job? Who gave you the ability to do that job? Who gave you the, the breath to get up in the morning and be able to go to that job? It all comes from Him. The scripture says in James that every good gift comes down from above. It's all because of him. We got to acknowledge that, hey, yes, we are rich. God has given us and blessed us with more than we could ever deserve and more than we could ever need. And it all came from him. Now, some of you, whenever, whenever I ask you, hey, to say I'm rich, man, you had a hard time saying it. You had a hard time, really, because it's like, that doesn't feel right, you know? It doesn't feel right to say that. And some of you, it's because you're looking at other people and you're going, I'm not as rich as them. But some of you, the reason it didn't feel right is because it made you feel guilty. Like, man, I've got all this stuff. And there are people in the world who have less than me. And that's not fair. I mean, why has God blessed me when he hasn't blessed others? Why is it that I can, I can get up and, and I can live in a nice air-conditioned house and I can drive a nice car and I have clean water to drink and I can go down to the store and buy whatever I want and then there are people in the world who don't have and man, many times we, we, we don't want to say I'm rich and we didn't even feel good about that because it's like, well, that's just, that's just not fair to the others in the world and it's almost like, it's almost like there's this feeling of, guilt and what I want you to see today is that the whole point of this series is not to make you feel guilty about what you have but instead to help us to be grateful for what God has already blessed us with and when we when we acknowledge when we realize that hey it wasn't me that that caused us to have what I've got but it was him then there's this overwhelming sense of gratitude you know, I mean, there's really, there's really no other area in our lives where, where we make excuses for the blessings of God except in the area of our finances. I mean, you know, if you came up to me and you said, Pastor, man, you've got the most amazing wife, I would be like, that is right. She is awesome, man. I far outran my punk coverage. You know what I'm talking about? And you know what I would say? I would say, that's right. God has blessed me, right, with an amazing wife. 
If you said, hey, you, Pastor, you got, some, you got some great kids, man. They just, they're talented and they love the Lord and they're good kids. They're not like normal pastor's kids. I'd be, that's right. They take after their daddy. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, they take after their mom. But you know what I would say? I would say, that is right. God has blessed me with some amazing kids. But if you come up and you say, Pastor, you live in a really nice house. You know what my tendency is going to be? Well, you know what? We got that house, and it was a foreclosure, and we got it way under the market value. And it's like I'm making excuses for the blessings of God, right? Pastor, I like those shoes that have the little red shoelaces that match your shirt, right? And I go, hey, I got those on sale at Target for 75% off, right? And we make excuses for the blessings of God in the area of our finances. And here's what I don't want us to do. Is I don't want us to start making excuses. I don't want us to start feeling bad because we are blessed. What I want us to do is start recognizing, hey, yes, we are blessed. And it all came from Him. And when we recognize that, there's this attitude. There's this gratefulness that begins to flow from us. And we see things through a different perspective. And it changes the way that we live so we got to admit that you're rich everybody say I'm rich we got to acknowledge where it came from everybody say it came from God and then here's what we got to do and this all leads to this you got to act like a rich person now how's an how's a rich person supposed to act I mean the truth is we don't have very many good examples of what a rich person ought to look like. I mean, we can look in the, in the media and you can, see, you can see people who are rich. You can see, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. You can see athletes and people who won the lottery. You can see Paris Hilton and people like that who just inherited their riches. And I'm telling you what, they don't set a very good example of what it looks like to be rich. Would you agree with me on that? So where does our example come from? Well, it comes from the scripture. And that's what this passage is talking about here this morning. It's teaching us how to act like a rich person. If I'm already a rich person, then I need to know how to act like a rich person. So let's look what it says. First of all, he says, if you are a rich person, here's how you ought to act. Don't be arrogant. So everybody look at your neighbor and say, don't be arrogant. Isn't that, what, isn't that what rich people tend to do? Like those of you that raised your hand and said, I know someone who is rich. Many of you are thinking about someone who maybe might be a little bit prideful about being rich. And many times the more we have, what happens is that because we have more, sometimes we start to think that because of the money that we have that we're better than other people. We start thinking, well, maybe I'm better, or maybe I'm smarter, or maybe I, I worked harder, and if they would just work as hard as me, then they could have as much as me. And we look at people who are poor, and we look at people who are struggling, and sometimes we get this arrogant attitude, like if they would just work like me, or if they were just as smart as me, or whatever, or I'm better than them because of what I have. But we already said it. What we have didn't come because of how smart we are, or how hard we work. It came because of the grace and the blessings of God upon our lives. And so the scripture says, when, because we are rich, we've got to guard ourselves from being arrogant, from being prideful, from, from being self-centered, and instead we've got to learn to be others-centered. And that's what he says in the next part of our text. He says, don't put your hope in wealth, but put your hope in God. See, it's so hard for us who have so much to really 
trust God. Because we don't know what it's like to not have enough. I mean, most of us in here could never really truly pray the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Because we can go to the pantry and we can open it up and we got a whole loaf of bread. We can go to the refrigerator and open that up and we got some cheese and some and some ham, we can make ourselves a ham sandwich. You know what I'm saying? We got ice cream in the refrigerator. We don't know what it's like to trust God for our daily bread because we have more than enough for today and tomorrow and maybe even for next week. And it's so hard for us. And here's what we tend to do. Because we have so much, that money begins to compete for our focus. And nothing can distract us from focus on God more than money. It competes for our affection and for our attention. Why do you think Jesus says you can't serve both God and money? And so many times, because we have so much and because we've been blessed with so much, our tendency is to begin to put our hope in what we have, to put our hope in our money. That if I have enough money in the bank, then I'll be secure. If I have enough in my retirement, then I'll be okay even if something bad happens and money leads us into this false sense of security and the truth is no matter how much you have it can be gone in a moment you can't trust it we've all seen it before we've all seen people who had so much and then in an instant it was gone the scripture tells us that, hey, if we put our trust in chariots and horses, that's what it was in those times. But in our times, if we put our trust in our house, if we put our trust in our paycheck, if we put our trust in, in uh, the money that we have in the bank, if we put our trust in our, in our 401k or in our retirement account, that one day it's going to let us down. And Paul says, this is what I want you to teach rich people. Don't put your hope and don't put your trust in the wealth or in what you have because it will let you down every time. But instead, put your hope and your trust in God who generously and richly provides for all of your needs. Paul goes on and he says, teach them. Teach them to put their, not to put their hope in wealth, but to put their hope in God to do good, to be, look at this, rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Why has God blessed us? Why are we rich? Bottom line is today is that we are rich so that we can be generous. So that we can do good with what God has given us. So that we can take the blessings of God in our lives and use them to be a blessing in others. See, so many times this is, this is where we miss it. Maybe we realize, okay, yeah, I am blessed. But sometimes we start thinking the reason that I am blessed is so that I can receive the blessings of God in my life. But the reason that you're blessed is not so that you can receive, although God wants you to receive the blessing and he wants you to enjoy it. Even right there in the passage, it says so that we can enjoy the blessings of God. But that's not the only reason that God has blessed us. He has blessed us so that we can be 
a blessing. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Look what, he, look what Paul says. God is the one who gives us seed to the farmer and bread for food. And he will give you all the seed you need and make it grow so that there will be a great harvest from your goodness. God wants to bless you and give you a great harvest. Verse number 11. And he will, look at this, make you rich in every way so that you can always give freely and your giving through us will cause many to give thanks to God. This service you do not only helps the needs of God's people, it also brings more and more thanks to God. Verse 7, Paul says, he will make you rich in every way so that, everybody say, so that. So that, here's the reason. Here's why he has made you rich. So that you can give freely. If you're rich here today, we've already established that we are. If it all came from him, and it did, then why has he made us rich? He has made us rich not so that we can store it up for ourselves, but so that we can be a blessing to others. And that's the, that's the vision for this entire series. I feel like God put it on my heart that we would be a blessing to those, to those who are less fortunate than us. I, I told the first service, I said, you know, in the middle of a building program that we're in right now, I could stand up here and I could... I could do a series on finances and I could say, everybody give your money to the church. We need your money because we're making our building better and we're going to grow and we're going to reach more people right here. And we could give our money to something that would benefit us. But I feel like God put it on my heart that it was time for us to be generous towards people who we would never, ever even benefit from. That we would learn to be people, that this, would be, that this would be a central value of our life, a value of this church, the value of extravagant generosity, that we would give even to people that we might not ever see and might not ever even know, that we would give in ways that it wouldn't, that it wouldn't even benefit us one bit. And that's what the scripture says right there, that through our generosity, here's what will happen, that people will see that generosity and give thanks to God. That we could be, you know, most of the time when a church is in a building fund or a building project, they're saying, give money to the church, give money to the church, give money to the church, give money to the church. And so many times people look at that from the world, from a worldly perspective, and they think, all they want is my money so they can build that building so they can have more money and have nicer stuff. And I wanted to turn that whole thing on its head. So that people will look at LifeGate and they will say, hey, it's not about them. It's about other people. It's about being generous to people who don't have what they have. And through that and through our generosity that people would see and give thanks to God. So we decided that in this series we're going to not just learn how to be rich, but we're going to practice being rich. And we're going to give some opportunities to practice being rich. Last week, we gave you an opportunity as we are adopting the country, the country of Haiti, one of the poorest nations in the entire world. And we adopted this country and we decided we're going to, we're going to help with the three basic needs of people who have so much less than us. We're going to help them with having clean water to drink. We're going to bless them with food to eat. We're going to bless them with shelter, with a place to live. Three basic needs. 
Last week, we started by giving you the opportunity. We talked about 300 churches in the area in the country of Haiti who do not have a water well where people can come to get fresh drinking water. You know, we can go and get fresh drinking water out of the faucet. We can, we can drink our nice, pretty, you know, uh, clean Dasani bottled water that we can get from the 7-Eleven on, on the way to church. But there are people that don't have, don't have water to drink. They've got to walk for miles to get it, and then they get it from a dirty, a dirty pond or a dirty stream. And we could make a difference by putting a well so that they could go and, and every single week they could, they could get the water that they need or every single day. And so my, my goal was that we would at least drill one well. And we told you it cost $1,500 to drill one well. And I was hoping we would do that. But I am super excited to announce today that we're not just drilling one well. We're actually drilling three wells. Come on, that's awesome. Next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm so excited about next week's opportunity. I want every single one of you to be here because it's so simple. It's something that every single person, even these kids that are sitting on the front row, every one of them could do this, what we're going to talk about next week. We're going to have an opportunity to feed uh, some people, to feed, and what we're going to actually try to do is we're going to actually try to feed an entire village in Haiti for a year as a church, and I believe that we can do it. I am so excited about the opportunity next week. The week after that, I have a friend of mine who is coming that God has put it on their heart to, he's a businessman, and God has put it on his heart to use the money that he's making in his business to actually go down to Haiti and start an orphanage to, to provide shelter for the people, the orphans that live in Haiti. And I can't wait for him to share that with you. In the final week of this series, we're going to have an opportunity to go down right here in our own, in our own backyard, right here down at... Uh, in Fort Worth on Lancaster Street. We've all seen it before. We've seen the people that live down there and they live in homeless shelters and they have nothing to eat. And we're going to actually go to them and we're going to actually be the light of God to them. And we're going to take what God has blessed us with and we're going to be a blessing. And every single week, we're going to have an opportunity to practice what it means to be rich and to be rich towards God and to be rich towards others and to be rich in the things that really matter the most because God has blessed us with more than we need we are rich but he's not just made us rich so that we can enjoy all of those things and I want you to enjoy all of that he's made us rich so that we can be rich towards others so that we can be rich towards God and so that in doing so, we can lay up a firm foundation for the age is, that is to come. And in that, we can find the life that is truly life. And that's what I want for every single one of you. I don't want you to run around thinking, if I could just get more, then I'll have life. No, I want you to know what true life is all about. And it starts with generosity. 